In recent years, New York State policymakers have taken steps to ensure that government documents and services are more accessible regardless of the language you speak. But lawmakers are pushing for additional accommodations, arguing that the current language access laws are too narrowly tailored. For more on this issue, we're joined on the Capitol Press Room by Murad Awada, Executive Director of the New York Immigration Coalition. Welcome back to the show, Murad. Hey, thanks for having me. Well, for the last decade plus, language access in New York was primarily governed by an executive order from uh, then-Governor Andrew Cuomo. Uh, Since then, we've had some laws adopting new standards for what needs to be made more accessible and how many languages different vital forms need to be in, for example. So has this been a meaningful transition in the lives of non-English speaking New Yorkers over the last two or three years? Or is there still so far to go that these changes have been like a drop in the bucket, I guess? Over the past decade, we've made significant improvements to language access and language justice in the state of New York, but we have more more work to do in this arena, ensuring that you know, folks, regardless if they've been here for 30 years or 30 days, have the supports that they need. And many folks who are arriving speak various forms of language dialects, right? And speakers of limited diffusion languages are often the most disconnected from government services and outreach. And our neighbors who communicate using a language other than English should not be disadvantaged. We build a stronger state, a more resilient New York, and we offer the much-needed support and services and education to our non-English speaking slash reading neighbors who desperately need to get the information that they need. If you recall last year when Buffalo had that really wild blizzard, two people lost their lives because they didn't understand what the weather warning was and went out to go get be about their their normal routines and got stuck in the snow and ended up passing away, unfortunately. Some of the changes that have been codified in recent years include increasing the number of languages that vital documents need to be available in from 10 to 12. And the state also launched uh, the Office of Language Access in 2022. Uh, But Democratic lawmakers are are looking for additional changes as part of the 2024 session and are pushing what's called the Language Access Expansion Act. What would be the, the changes and new requirements as a result of that legislation if it became law? You know, federal and state laws have mandated that all government services are provided to residents in languages that they can understand. And language access means providing spoken interpretation or written translation free of charge to people who have limited English proficiency. And what we've seen here in New York is that, as you just mentioned, we've progressed little by little, but we have to actually go further. And the Language Access Expansion Act would actually expand the number of languages, as well as ensure that all agencies have the ability and resources and support to actually translate and have interpreters who are on site to support people. Interpretation and translation services continue to be inconsistent at certain state agencies, Many county agencies depend heavily on telephonic interpretation services like language line or bilingual speaking uh, employees. And what we've seen is with, you know, external language lines, they often face significant issues of availability, quality and cost. And individuals often complain that they're connected with interpreters who don't, in fact, speak their language and The current law only mandates executive state agencies to provide language services. 
The law currently excludes many regional language groups by not allowing counties to add languages spoken in regional areas. And the law does not account for population variances for major cities throughout the entire state. Some agencies and departments, like the Department of Social Services, have inter implemented language access plans that set clear guidance on how to provide people with language services. Others, um, particularly local level agencies, seem to provide some form of language access services, but don't necessarily have a plan in place to ensure that it's consistent across the whole department. Several local DMVs have been found not to be in compliance with their own plans, and we're not providing interpretation services um, at their DMV. So the solution here, the state legislature and the governor must include the Language Access Expansion Act and invest $10 million in language access expansion in the upcoming budget that is going to currently be negotiated. And that $10 million can also go to developing uh, language service worker cooperatives across the state and improve access to language services for immigrant New Yorkers. So there's clearly a benefit to ensuring that New Yorkers can utilize government services and take advantage of programs that might be tailored for them. But is there a point to which the state should not go in terms of making accommodations? So, for example, we think about making 12 languages available for vital documents. Is there a case we made that 20 is too far or 25. Is there a point where the state shouldn't still be investing resources in this? I mean, clearly we're not at that point yet, but is there a point where uh, I guess you'd say enough is enough? Always ensuring that people have access to in-language support is never a bad thing. So I would say that the bill currently as it stands is for the top 12 spoken languages. And direct each county to translate vital documents in additional three top non-English languages spoken in that region and require a biannual language assessment to update the list of commonly spoken languages regionally. So I think that the, the further we go with expansion, the better we off as a society for it, because that means more people are going to be enfranchised with getting information in their native language that helps them navigate being a New Yorker. Well, I want to talk a little bit more about your other priorities for 2024. But first, let me reintroduce you for listeners uh, just joining us. We're speaking with Murad Awauda, the executive director of the New York Immigration Coalition. So we are in the midst of the budget process here in Albany. And I'm curious, for starters, whether you have any requests or funding areas that you're looking to have boosted uh, in a final budget deal. We've been working very diligently, not just on language access, but also the expansion of legal services in the state of New York, specifically immigration legal services. Last year, the governor and the state legislator invested over $63 million in immigration legal services. And this year, we're advocating for $150 million to be invested in immigration legal services to ensure that um, we're building out the ecosystem of legal service rendition and ensuring that people who need supports are getting it, as well as the passage of the Access to Representation Act in the state of New York, which would make it the first of its kind in, in any state to actually uh, pass a right to counsel for individuals uh, in need of immigration legal services. So that's our top priority this year, in addition to advocating for $10 million in the state budget to expand language access services outside of New York City. 
Um, and ensuring that as we continue to face this affordability crisis, that's not just happening here in New York, but happening across the country, that we actually invest in really supporting New Yorkers remaining housed and moving people away from housing insecurity, as well as the shelter system and keeping them housed in their apartments or supporting them in getting into new apartments. So we're also fighting for the housing assistance uh, voucher program and asking for a $250 million investment in that. So all New Yorkers can have the supports that they need to continue to be able to not just survive in the state, but to thrive here. On the legal services side of things, what are the types of situations where a lawyer is so critical. And right now, what are immigrants doing when they don't have access to a lawyer? You know, unfortunately, when folks don't have access to a lawyer, they're going up against a government trained lawyer whose sole job is to have them removed from this country. So folks are 10 times more likely to win their case with an immigration attorney than without. And What's happening right now in in New York State is we've had an increase in some resources coming out, but we need significantly more to invest in the actual system to work better and make sure that we're recruiting more lawyers to actually take up this field, also creating new programs and new entryways um, for individuals who want to get into this field to be able to do so. We just don't have enough lawyers, um, and that's something we've been working on. The New York Immigration Coalition has an amazing training program, which trains uh, hundreds of people a year um, in becoming navigators as well as BIA reps. So being able to really ensure that the immigration lawyers are doing the work that they need to do and that we have supportive staff and organizations across the state who are doing the, the critical work of gathering the paperwork, helping people fill out their applications and having the lawyers do the lawyering work. And in terms of funding, maybe a little bigger up the price tag side of things, are you content with what uh, Governor Hochul is proposing to spend in terms of meeting the needs of the influx of asylum seekers? Or would you like to see a, a larger commitment and I guess a, a state uh, push to take on a larger share of costs from municipalities like New York City? You know, the governor has already uh, included over $2.4 billion for the city of New York um, and supporting the newcomers. And I think that that is a that that's amazing um, where we see a need for additional support and resources. She included in her executive budget forty five million dollars for the Office of New Americans and specifically for immigration legal services. That's about one hundred and five million dollars short of our ass. So we're hoping that we can get the increase there. And it's also about $20 million short of what she uh, and the state legislator invested last year. So we really need to see the funding uh, increase to ensure that we're continuing to deliver the legal services that we have been desperately putting out into communities and increasing the services that are available to everyone who calls New York home. Anything else legislatively, maybe something that doesn't necessarily have a price tag that you're looking to get done between now and the end of the session in June? Yeah, we're working on, uh, you know, last year we worked in coalition with our partners on expanding and fixing the child tax credit. So no longer are kids four years and younger excluded from the child tax credit. Um, This year we're coming back to make sure that working families get their credit too and ensure that we pass the working families tax credit, which would reform the tax credit and actually combine 
tax credits to create one New York tax credit that will support families in the long run and ensuring that they're able to build healthy and thriving lives for their kids here in the state of New York. So we're excited about that as well as, uh, you know, New York for all really making sure that our public dollars are going to support public safety and not really supporting the state's dollars that are going to local uh, law enforcement agencies to be misused in uh, supporting federal immigration enforcement. So we're hoping that we get, you know, our working families tax credit done as well as New York for all. Well, unfortunately, that's all the time we have for this conversation. We've been speaking with Murad Awada. He is the executive director of the New York Immigration Coalition. Murad, thank you so much for making the time. I really appreciate it. Thank you. And for more Capital Press Room content, visit capitalpressroom.org or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. And if you listen to us from an Apple device, make sure to leave us a rating and a review so it helps other people find the show. Support for the Capitol Press Room provided by the New York State AFL-CIO, a federation of 3,000 unions fighting for working people by keeping New York State union strong. Visit unionstrongny.org for more information. Join us again for Capitol Press Room, a production of WCNY Connected, Syracuse.